Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 65. Glad you could join us. Today's episode features a very popular teacher here at Colby, Mrs. Melissa Johnson. In this conversation, you can see why so many students recommended that we get Mrs. Johnson on the Colby Cast. They wanted to know more about her, as did we. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And I'm Jordan. As a product of homeschooling, I'm proud to teach Greek and Latin for Colby online and serve as the alumni and public relations director. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Welcome to the Colby cast. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we heard from some of your students. They they wanted to hear from you on the podcast. They thought you would make a great podcast guest as both a homeschooling mom and an online instructor for Colby Academy. You teach middle and high school English for Colby. So I'd love to hear a bit about yourself and your family. So we live in the Houston area um, and it's really hot. I complain about it all the time in my classes. My, my students will probably tell you like, yeah, she really doesn't like the weather. But I have eight children. We homeschool right now, or last year we homeschooled six of them. And one goes to preschool and then we have, we have the baby. I went to Notre Dame, gosh, a long time ago. I won't say how long ago. It was a long time ago. And I was actually a classics major. Um, so I studied... Um, the Great Books Conversation by Mortimer, Mortimer Adler had kind of compiled it way back in the 70s and, you know, kind of wanted to reinstitute this idea of studying the classics. The acronym for it was PLS, Program of Liberal Studies. And uh, we used to joke that it meant probably law school because like pretty much like 75% of them went on to law school. Um, but it was it was a really great program. But um when people would ask, like what I, or even now when they ask, you know, like, what did you do in college? Like, what did you study? And of course, everyone studies these very like applicable things like chemistry and biology, whatever it is, and pre-med. And I'm like, I learned how to read. That's what I did. In yep. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of money and a lot of time learning how to read, but it was a great education. And it's, it's what kind of got me into you know, thinking about homeschooling the kids in the first place was that I wanted this classical education for them. So I studied classics. Um, I had the kids like pretty quickly after college and started homeschooling and homeschooled for a really long time. And that was kind of my sole focus was just on the kids. And then really didn't, I did a lot of tutoring, individual tutoring, like working with students one-on-one on writing. And it's really funny because writing really gets shoved to the side, right? Like it really gets shoved off to like, and I straight up will admit that I do not teach my kids grammar. Like I did not teach, I should correct that. I did not teach my oldest three grammar until it became painfully obvious that I really should have taught my oldest three grammar. And so now like the bottom half, they get like a lot of grammar because I'm like, yeah, well, that book I read that was like, grammar's really not that important. They'll figure it out. I'm like, no, they really don't though. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I outsource my, my own kids writing. Like I, because I just, it's one of, I was talking to somebody and she was, she's a, she's a violinist. And she like cannot teach her children violin because she I just she's like, I can't do it. And I'm the same way. I'm like, I cannot 
teach my own children writing. Like I just can't do it. So they kind of get outsourced for that one. But I, but I tutored a lot of other kids. Usually I had to like convince people like, no, really, like they should probably brush up a little bit or, you know, help them with tailor their essays for, for colleges and stuff like that. And then I found out about Colby and then that's kind of been what I've been doing since. So more generally speaking about us, I, I, we're not that interesting. I feel like, I feel like people think we're really interesting, but we're really not that interesting. Um, we have this property that faces out onto, it's just a neighborhood and it faces onto the neighborhood walkway. And people are always stopping us, like not even like in the neighborhood, like at the grocery store. And they're like, you're that family that lives in that one house with the trampoline. And I'm like, yeah, we're like zoo animals. And and we're like the neighborhood exhibit, I guess. I don't know. We're not that interested. We're just pretty typical, do our typical suburban thing, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I I relate to that a lot, actually, because we live in a a New England village. And it's, I mean, when we moved in, we have five kids and they're always outside playing. And we brought a bunch of like farm animals into this little town and they're loud and everybody knows. So I was in the coffee shop the other day. I don't know that many people. They, they, They noticed little things. They're like, oh yeah, your garden's looking great. And I'm like, how did you, how do you know? How do you know who I am? But the whole town knows us as well in that way. So. so you get it. You get it. What kind of animals do you have? So we have um, goats, these little pygmy goats, and then a bunch of chickens and uh, some guinea hens, which are crazy loud in town. It's it's neat, though, because we live where we can walk to everything. And yet we have like a little farm in the back. So that's, that's pretty cool. So you said pygmy goats. Is that what you said? Is that a thing? Or did I mix yeah, two things yeah, together? Yeah, I might have said pygmy. They're they're called Nigerian dwarf goats. So they're made to give like as much milk as like a full size goat. But um, ours don't give any milk. So they we just feed them. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my question. Like, what are you making with your goat's milk? <laughs> Nothing yet. We'll, we'll see. How big are the goats? They're, they're like... I guess their head is like two feet off the ground. It's I mean they're little. They're they're, they're really small. So. so like preschooler size, toddler size. Yeah, preschooler. Okay. I would say preschooler okay. size. Yeah. I uh, I'm like I really want to get a goat. My I have a kid who had who wants to be a rancher. Like he when we do school, he's like I really don't need this because I'm gonna have a ranch. And he's not five. He's like nine. <laughs> uh, but like, he's like, he that's his career path. And I'm like, we need to own an animal at some point if he's going to like for real do this. Um, which I mean, a dog would be like the natural, you know, you'll get a dog if you need, if you want an animal. But I'm like, I want him to have an animal that is like more of a livestock animal. Um, but I was looking at those dwarf goats because I'm like, maybe we could like sn- slide that in and the HOA won't notice. You know? <laughs> They, they are like pets. You can you can say they're pets. In fact, I mean that's what ours basically are now. You know, they, and animals for kids. That's why we have them because um, I grew up with them. I was homeschooled, and we had like just small farm animals like that, and um, it was so good for me. I, I missed it. I mean, I moved away when I was eighteen, and then I was always in cities and couldn't. You know, I'd never had a dog. Never had any other animal. Once we started having kids, I was like, I, I want this for my kids too. And um, I don't know if I don't know if they like kind of the 
the honeymoon period has worn off. So now it's just like chores and things for them. But that's the way it was for me until I looked back on it. And looking back on it, I was like, man, that was so fun. I'm glad that my parents did that. So I'm hoping that that will happen with them. But I think that's awesome. Your son already wants to be a rancher. And he's uh, <laughs> that's an interesting career path for, for a kid. But I think that's great. Yeah, it's yeah. great, except he needs to learn that even ranchers have to crunch numbers. Like, it's not yeah. just, you know, lassoing cattle. <laughs> right. And so how did you come to find Colby or how did Colby find you? So that's a good question. Mrs. Doucette in the theology department, um, she is amazing. And I am like, like if she was a Twitter page, I am her follower, you know, um, she's, she's just brilliant. And funny enough, her husband and my husband were childhood friends. So I met her through, um, through my husband and her husband's connection. Right. So, yeah, so we've known each other a really long time and she was definitely my mom that I was like, so what are you doing? Like, how, like, what are you, how are you doing this? And and when she started looking into homeschooling, I, I'm pretty sure that's what started me on it was I was like, oh, Brittany's doing it. <laughs> so I should probably be looking into, into doing it. So that's really kind of what got, got me started in looking into homeschooling. At that point, she had moved away from where we lived. Um, and I kind of was doing my own thing with homeschooling. So my oldest got to like fifth grade. She told me, hey, I'm teaching this religion class online. I don't know if you're at all interested. It's through this organization, Colby. I mean, this must have been, it was a few, it was five years ago. And I was like, oh, that sounds really neat. Like, let me look at their webpage and, you know, check it out. And when I knew she was teaching it, I was honestly one of those moms that was really reticent to like outsource anything because I felt like, I can, I know what I, what I want. I know what I'm looking for. I know how to tailor it. Like, so I was very reticent. If I saw anything that people would recommend, you know, co-ops and online or whatever, I was just very, always very reticent. But when I knew she was teaching it, I was like, oh no, this is going to be amazing if, if she's teaching it. Cause she is amazing. I, so I put him in it and didn't even think about working for Colby. I just thought it was really cool that she had this organization that she was working for. And I loved the courses for my kids. I think when I had, oh gosh, we moved to Houston. We were in Atlanta and Atlanta is gorgeous. The traffic is abysmal. And I had, I had no time to do anything except survive Atlanta. Um, and so when we moved to Houston, I all of a sudden didn't have to sit in traffic an exorbitant amount of time. And I was like, hmm, I have this extra time. We're back in Texas. Maybe I should go do a master's just for fun. <laughs> um, and so I started doing this master's program um, through a local Texas university um, that was online. It was perfect because it was it was online. I could do like one course at a time. So like it was one evening and it kind of gave my brain this kind of extra little um, outlet that I could do. And then once I did that, after a year of that, I really just enjoyed kind of using my brain in a way that I hadn't used it kind of since school had, had you know, since I had gotten out of college. I'm, I'm a, and I think Mrs. Doucette would probably agree with me on this, that I'm kind of a, what's a good way to put it? 
I don't know. I think if I had not gotten married, I'd be one of those people who would still be in school, right? I just really love school. Um, I love, I just love learning new things. Um, when I started this master's, I was like, hmm, I should do something with this since like I'm getting this education. Like I should just find something else to do. And I was talking with Brittany and she mentioned that there were openings in the English department. And so I, I applied and I was like, well, I don't know, like, I don't know, because I'm, I'm not an English background, right? Like I, I have that classics degree. And I think I always was a little insecure about that because it's not very easily, we live in a very compartmentalized kind of economic, socioeconomic environment, right? Like everybody has to fit inside a box very neatly. And I was always very insecure about the fact that with the classics major, you don't have a box, um, right? There's no box that you go in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was always very anxious about that. But obviously, Colby, I was like, if anyone can look past that, it's Colby, because it's a class, you know, it's based in classics. I know it's Ignatian and classics, um, kind of a, a meld of the two. So that's kind of what led me to Colby was was just this friendship with with Mrs. Doucette. And just kind of, I think, it, I mean, I think ultimately, it's kind of just God kind of like, let's just kind of explore these paths. <laughs> It was funny in the interview, they were like, so I know this is kind of like a trite question, but do you have a, like a five-year plan? Like kind of what are you thinking? And I'm like, I think I'm too old for five-year plans because I realized a long time ago that they never really work. <laughs> like they, I never actually get to that year. That never quite happens for me. Um, but I'm really loving Colby. So I hope my five-year plan is that I'm still here hanging out and doing cool Colby things because I, I really have enjoyed it. Good deal. That sounds like a good fit for you brought together your background with the needs that Colby has. And, and that's one of the things about Colby, right? It brings out the the talented folks all over the place that otherwise would be limited due to location. That's that's come up several times. Yeah, the virtual sphere has changed everything. I think it's really neat because one of the things that I love about when I when you read about kind of more agrarian societies, that there was this blend of the worlds of like working and family. The worlds were blended, right? And I was really actually kind of hoping that with COVID, there would be this realization that the two can exist together in some sort of balance. And unfortunately, it does not seem like it's necessarily going that way because it does seem like a lot more companies are kind of like, no, you can come back to the eight to five. And, you know, that's let's go back to that. Um, But that's a whole other point. But um, no, I, I love these agrarian societies and kind of that weaving of the family life and the work life. And I feel like the virtual world is almost kind of getting us to a point that we can start doing that again, right? And having this like mix of um, using your talents without having to kind of keep your family in the separate box from from that work zone. Like I was thinking about St. Therese of Lisieux. I don't know why I was thinking about this. And like her mom and dad were recently canonized, what, a year or two ago or something. And like, I, I think there's sometimes this, like, you fall into this idea of, like, they sat and prayed and, like, they were just always so holy from, like, sun up to sundown. But, like, she had a straight up lace business. Have you seen lace? Like, that is not, like, let me just whip out this doily for you really quickly, right? Like, it's an intricate, like, involved job in which you have to be really precise and careful. And so... 
I'd imagine there were plenty of days where she was like sitting there with her lace, trying to watch the kids, making sure that they didn't do all the naughty things they're not supposed to do. Right. And so I, I, I don't know. I, when I'm sometimes frustrated with myself, cause I feel like I'm in class and I'm like, there's a kid out there doing whatever that they probably shouldn't be doing. You know, am I like, am I not, you know, whatever. Am I like making, am am I balancing it correctly? Right. Am I doing the right thing? And I remember like, it's a very, it's very weird and a very modern concept that we would have to just be and do one or the other. I don't know, but I just love this like idea that we can start that, that maybe there can st- stop being the stigma of like you need to. And, and I remember seeing um, there was recently like within the past five years, some meteorologist or something had taken her little boy to work. Cause maybe daycare was closed. I forget, but she wrapped him onto her back and she was, she was doing the weather with this kid like tied to her back. And I remember being like, yes, like, can we please just start having more of that, right? Like more like, like just of those, those two worlds working together. (laughs) Well, it's an interesting thing with modern schooling, the idea that kids are separated out during the times of the day when all the business is happening. So we separate the the youngest and the oldest from society, um, it's just all the, the people in between doing all the serious business. I like the idea, though. I take my kids. So I work up at my office at, at the college at Magdalene, where I, where I also teach. I, I have an office there that I can get away to. And I've started using it a lot this summer. But I've noticed I, I also want to bring my kids with me quite a bit. And I, I'll do it one at a time. Just And, and they ask questions. What are you doing? And I noticed even my daughter's start trying to do what I'm doing. So they sit there and they'll like open a, a book and where it looks like it's a computer that's open. And then they have another one that they're reading and pretending they're taking notes. And I have to give them a long speech before we get there about, you can't, you cannot say dad, you, you just can't do it. If you see me looking down, you can't say dad because you know, I'm, I'm reading or I, I'm thinking of something in that I can't multitask like your mom can. So, so they the speech and then they just sit there and they imitate me for, for hours quietly. I, I love that they're seeing that. And they see me interact with other adults and they're quiet listening. And I know that they're learning that whole time. Yeah, that's that's funny. My my husband, honestly, he he it's that's tough. I'm definitely more of a multitasker. Like if he washes the dishes, it's like 20 minutes of washing the dishes. And if I wash the dishes, I'm like, bam, 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 wash the dishes, wipe somebody's mouth, like take somebody's, you know, whatever, stop a fight that's happening right next to me. Like, right. Like it's, and the dishes are done in like four minutes flat. Right. But like, he was honestly so good at being home with the the little kids. It's been interesting. The homeschool life for us since we started it a few years ago, that really has brought together just what we were talking about with the agrarian lifestyle. Like you worked alongside your family members throughout the day. The children had the idea. They had knew what life was like. Same thing with homeschooling here as more applied to sort of how the household is run, I guess, because they're in the house all day. So they see, you know, it doesn't, it's not like dinner magically appears or 
magic laundry, anything like that. There's no magic. It's like they see it all happen in real time. So to make your life as homeschooling mom and online instructor, make it all work, do you have an organization to it or a structure that you have employed to meet both obligations? Yeah, it's it's funny. We So my my family had been asked to do a commercial for Ford. We didn't make our, the final cut because the day they did the final, like, are we going to take you or not? Everyone was in a horrible mood. And they just asked us questions that that had so little knowledge of what big families do. Like their idea of a big family was what they've seen on TLC, right? Which is obviously not real, right? And so they, they were asking us all these questions and I had nothing. And one of the things they, they asked were like, well, and it's not their fault. It's, it's definitely on me too. They were like, what are your organizational structures? And I was like, come what now? <laughs> like, how do you mean? And he was, he was like, you know, like chore charts. And we had a chore chart. We've had several chore charts. There is no chore chart anymore. I, so I'm not organized, which I'm sure people are going to be like hoping to hear some pearls of wisdom. And I'm so sorry. I have friends. <laughs> I have friends who their houses are beautiful. And I used to be like, they have four kids. And right now we have six, right? That's, that's like different. Yep. But then they had like six kids. And I was like, okay, they have six kids, but their older kids are a little bit older than ours. Or No, it's just straight up that I'm a mess and they are not. So I'm not, I'm not good at like, I'm going to have like these really organized schedules and systems. What I think of more, and, and I think I had read this book a million years ago called A Mother's Rule of Life. Have you read that? Yes, a long time ago. Yes, it was it was fascinating for the theory of it. I think I tried the practice of it like for a week and I was like, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's reassuring because that was me yeah. too. <laughs> I was, so Jordan, you're looking confused. So the idea, this woman wrote this book and the idea was that essentially like motherhood is a vocation and like she had gone and visited these sisters and um, saw that they had this, this order to their life, right? That there was this routine to their life where they had, you know, prayer obviously was breaking it up because they do the liturgy. Um, but between each liturgy was like this, there was, you know, there was like, you know, cooking, there was, and then there was like the cleaning up and then there was like work and then there was recreation and then there was communal life. And then there, you know, and then prayer obviously is, is bookmarking um, each of these different segments. And so she said, well, they're doing this. And yes, I have children, but how can I take this monastic rule and like tailor it for, for the home, right? And so she started um, this whole notebook of like ways in which they were going to simplify their life and order, order their day. I know the simplifying life part, I didn't read too much about that part, but like in terms of like, I think she went through their rooms and decided how each room was going to be functioning. And I wasn't quite that involved. I was more interested in the routine aspect. And, and that book really helped me for understanding like our day has to have some sort of rhythm and routine to it that is 
set, right? Like this, there has to be the set schedule. And so I'll get into what that is in just a moment, but I will say this for, for anybody who needs to hear this. I have public schoolers or, or Catholic school families who come up to me and say, I could never homeschool. Like when my kids are home from school for the summer, within a week, I'm like counting down the days until either vacation or school starts again. And I, I'm like, girlfriend, I hear you <laughs> because same, total same. In April, I signed my kids up for the neighborhood swim team. And my daughter was like, I do not want to do swim team. And I was like, too bad <laughs> because you were doing it anyway, because if you don't do it, nobody has anything to do in the morning. And that is going to drive everybody crazy. So um, really like summertime, even I was just thinking about this just the other day that my oldest is working, uh, he's working two different jobs at different pools um, and he's swimming and my other kids are doing their swimming and which I know I, I asked for it, but you know, we have, we have all these different alternating schedules and it's getting to a point that there's no nap time. Like there's no, there's no rest in the middle of the day, which I really, really need. And I'm like, we need to figure something out because otherwise mommy is going to lose it. So it's, it, it's really hard for me in summer not having a system because as soon as school starts, we're back in our routine that I established when our kids were itty bitty. Like I started when they were really small, um, you know, like probably four or five. My oldest was four or five when we started this. So I'll kind of give you like a an idea of what our routine looks like. So obviously uh, we, we have breakfast. We have what I call a working breakfast. If you think about it, I, I've never sent kids to school, so maybe I'm speaking way out of turn here. From what I know of my friends who send their kids to school, breakfast is often a five-minute ordeal that's a whole lot of gathering supplies and putting clothes on while they're probably shoving stuff in their mouths, right? It's not like a, let's sit back and have a leisurely like English breakfast that the butler laid out. Like, no, that's not a thing that's that happens, right? We do a working breakfast. And so what that means is um, everybody sits down. Um, I, I make one breakfast, one one meal. Everyone gets one meal. I make breakfast. We, they sit down with their with whatever it is that they have. Um, and everyone has a stack of flashcards. That's their study for the so the so usually for the older ones, it's Latin. My oldest one, he was doing AP World History this year. So it was his AP World History, like the Baron's box of, of flashcards. Um, and then everyone has to memorize poetry. My oldest is finally graduated much to his like great joy and relief. He has graduated from my poetry memorization. Um, so it's like a lot of memory work. It's like poetry, Bible, um, anything else that I, that like if a class assigns that they need to know, then I, I incorporate that in. And so I will make them, they'll do it. They'll study on their own. It's quiet breakfast. Everyone has to study whatever it is that they're studying. And then I'll go through with with whoever needs me to, I'll make them flash through. And, and usually with the older ones, I'll check in a couple times a week on whatever subjects it is that they, they have, um, which I really like the, the form Latins because it really lends itself. And Henley too, lends itself really well to flashcards. There, there's a lot of flashcards there. And then like the little ones, that's when I do their catechism because 
that way, if everything else goes sideways, I know that was done. <laughs> I'm like, we got up from the breakfast table and it was done. So that works really well for us doing it that way. Um, and then after that, it's really just, we've been doing it so long that I really should have written down exactly how things work. Um, the, it's really nice once the older ones get to a point that you're like, here's your books and there you go. But the littler ones, it, it is more difficult to to do that with. I, so a couple things um, as well that have helped us. One of them is that one of my kids really did not do well with just me. Like school just is not interesting to him. Like it's just not interesting to him. And I realized that it just was not going to work having him solely at home and accountable to me. That just was not, it wasn't going to work. So we were really, we're really fortunate that we did have a co-op nearby. I don't know if you'd call it a co-op. I call it like a one room schoolhouse. Um, they basically just do one day of his syllabus a week with him. And then they send him home with the rest of his syllabus that he has to do with me. So it makes it really nice to say, hey, your teacher said you have to do this. And look, it's written right there. But as soon as you're done, you get to cross it off and you're done. Um, and next year, I'm actually using a lot of Colby materials specifically for that reason, because I had a friend who emergency homeschooled a lot of, I don't know if you've heard that term, a lot of people who have homeschooled have called themselves emergency homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. And they used all Colby, which I felt like was really brave. She has five kids, mind you. Um, and I felt like that was super brave that she jumped into like probably the one of the most rigorous like homeschool experiences with five children and like in very wide ranges of like age. Right. But it worked really well for her kids because they were at, at the public schools. And so she would just clipboard all of their lesson plans on to like they would each get a clipboard full of their lesson plans for the week and they would do their work and they check it off and do their work and check it off. And I was like, that's so simple. Like, why had I never even thought about that? Right. Um, and so I, we're doing that next year because I'm, I'm like, I'm because I'm, I'm doing more with Colby now, I'm realizing that my homeschool needs to change. So when I was just homeschooling, it, it was more relaxed because we had we did have more time. Now that I'm doing more working, I need to be using my time more efficiently. Um, so it has kind of shifted a little bit with the younger ones from like, yeah, we're going to, you know, just learn how to read and we'll do copy work out of whatever book it is that we're reading. And if you can just narrate the book to me, then we're good to go, which is still wonderful. And like, I definitely still do that. But I, I need to know that I've done what needs to be done for their education each week. I'm just, I know a lot of friends who don't need that. And I just really need to know, like, Yes, they have done a full amount of work. Otherwise, I end up overworking them because like my own insecurity is like, I don't think we did enough. Like, let's read three more books, you know? Right. Um, so I just really like having that, like somebody is telling me like, this is what you need to do and it is enough. Mm -hmm. So so going back to like, how do we make everything, everything work? Um, so I do try to schedule my Colby classes around when I know that my kids really need me focused on them. So mornings, we hit the ground running. I, I have some friends who they will homeschool until dinner time, And I'm like, that sounds horrible. Absolutely yeah, horrible. Like 3 p.m., if you're not done, you're sitting in the corner. Not really. I don't really sit in my kids in the corner. But like you're sitting down <laughs> until 
dad gets home and then you're doing it with him because I am done. Like D-O-N-E, done. Three three o'clock, mom checks out. Like I don't get a paycheck for this, so I'm done. <laughs> but no, in all in all seriousness, I, I try to leave that morning for, for our homeschool because we are early morning risers. We're early morning homeschoolers. And so we really get all of that kind of done. Um, and I try to schedule my Colby classes lunchtime or, or later. And that's worked really well um, because when their mouths are full, then they're quiet. <laughs> so, um, so usually we, we have, I make them lunch and then I jump on to Colby because they're eating. Granted, granted. There is a lot of food on my walls in my dining room that were not, that was like not there a year ago, but yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever. Nothing a little paint can't fix, you know? So yeah, so I just, I just try to think of the day in terms of like units of like, what do we need to get accomplished in this like segment of time? Um, and so we, so breakfast and then we have our working period and then they really get an hour of, they, they get to eat and they get free time while I, while I do Colby. And I just have a window nearby to make sure that everybody's doing what they need to do or like not, you know, doing anything wild and crazy, too wild and crazy. Yeah. So in terms of meals, like, cause that's another thing that is so stressful, I think. And I don't like giving my kids cereal every single morning. So once again, I don't have a meal chart, but we have like rotational meals. So I know like every Monday, Thursday is oatmeal because they hate oatmeal. And I only have to hear them complain about how much they hate oatmeal on Monday and Thursday. And then I get to tell them, guess what? Tomorrow is egg or cereal day. So you only have to suffer through it this one day. Um, and then so like it's a system of like I know what we're having for breakfast. It did kill me when my husband came home um, for COVID because then he started helping, helping with meals. And um, all of a sudden I had my whole, like, I knew exactly what I had to get at the grocery store. I knew exactly how long it was all going to last. And I would go to get the eggs out and I'm like, where are the eggs? And the kids are like, dad made egg tacos yesterday and the day before and the day before that for dinner. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, that's why we have no eggs right now. But I mean, God bless him for cooking. So, you know, what, whatever, I'm going to, I'm okay with it. But, um, but it did throw me off because I'm like, no, I have like my staples. I don't even think about my staples when I go to the store. They just kind of magically end up in the cart because I know them so well. And then even, even lunches, I have like um, different lunches that I know that, that I keep on a rotational basis. Uh, so I don't have to think about it. Because once again, we don't do sandwiches. Like when my, when my kids, if my kids ever go to school, they're going to be like, what is this food that you were feeding us now? <laughs> but my husband, that was another funny thing when he came home from COVID. He was like, why are our children eating like gourmet food here? And I'm like, I put something in a pot. It's like ground beef and pasta. That is hardly gourmet food. Um, but, you know, he was he was like, shouldn't they just be eating sandwiches? And But no, I just, I'm, I don't know. I've always just cooked for them because good. And they don't eat deli meat. I mean, am I the only one who has this problem? They don't eat it. Like until they're older, it's like this toy that they play with in their sandwich and, <laughs> and then they don't eat it. And then they maybe eat the bread. And I'm like, what was the point of this meal? I don't, I don't get it. So I just started cooking for them when they were really little and it wasn't any more effort. Really. It's not if you like, well, when you get to a certain number of kids, it takes forever to make sandwiches. So like, I feel like meals are the big thing. So I keep meals as, as 
simplified as possible in terms of like, we just have a rotational basis of, of what we're eating. What are the other big things that, I mean, I feel like those are, I feel like we survive from seven until 3 PM. It's like, we just get it done. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, and, and that sounds really militant, you know, that does sound really militant and it's not, I mean, it sounds that way, but, but living it, it's, it's not, it's just that I know that we have certain things that we need to do, um, in certain order, a certain order in which we need to do it. But there's definitely a lot of like, you know, cuddling and reading out loud and like coloring. I mean, all of that occurs within it. It's just that that's kind of all grouped under the heading of like, this is our homeschooling that we do from 7 a.m. to noon kind of thing, if that makes sense. Sure. It sounds very down to earth. It demystifies that we're all inclined to think, oh, everyone else is doing all these amazing things. And a phrase I've used for a long time is sometimes we go one minute at a time. Yes. <laughs> when, and I think that's helpful if for people who are in that mode who are like, how do we even make this happen? That So this has all been great hearing about how you have taken this inspiration from a mother's rule of life and made it suit your needs and your family's needs and how you make it work. And certainly reassuring to hear that it's sometimes one minute to the next at your house, like it is at mine. So are there other words of wisdom for families, either parents or students together or separately that you want to pass along? You've given us a lot already. My, my husband, like, honestly, I really should give my husband a much larger shout out than I did, because I will say that, like, I don't think that this would be possible without his partnership, right? Like, it's, I do think that when I started going back to school and working, some things, like, shifted because um, they had to, right, in terms of, like, just divvying up responsibilities a little bit more. And he kind of took over the cleaning, um, which by that, I mean, he is the one who gets the children to clean the house on Saturdays. And that's... I'm like, I'm going to go to the library while you guys do all that. Because <laughs> it's, it's their least favorite hour of the, of the week. <laughs> but I have to say that he really, yeah, he's been a huge support in all of it. And because I mean, there is, I think you guys probably realize when you're, you know, when you have multiple roles, you both kind of have to, you know, it's a give and take, right? It's, I remember reading... Daniel Bean had this great, um, she said, I don't know if I read it or heard it, but she was like, never keep score because you're always going to lose, right? Like this idea that like, oh, well, I did this, this, and this, and they did that, that, and that. You know, it's, I really like that idea of like, don't keep score, just do. And then it gets done. Yeah. This has been a really fun conversation. I think people are going to like hearing from you a lot. I I really like when you were saying you, you have this one thing that you're like, at least we got that done. At least we got catechism done in the morning. Those, those little things, right. you know, it, they, it sounds easy, but it's not easy in real life. I mean, every day I wake up and I fail somewhere, but I'm like, after enough time, I look back and I'm like, well, I guess I did get quite a bit done during this time, but daily it doesn't always feel that way so i like that idea of like choosing the one thing that you have to get done or that you really prioritize and get that done first was it mrs finnegan or somebody said i think it was in one of the episodes where they said what did they say swallow a frog in the morning or something yeah something like that yes I think I'm <laughs> <David> <laughs> <Frog>. <laughs> yeah. right
Yeah. So anyway, I've, I've enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I can see why your students nominated you to come as a guest on the Colby cast. We're so glad you did. Hope to have you back soon. Thank you so much. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam. 